You're listening to Radio Albion, talk radio for the nationalist community. Welcome to the Daily Nationalist. Today's date is the 14th of February, 2024, and I, yet again, am doing this solo. Um, and Matthew Raphael Johnson. And I'm going to do something different today. Daily Nationalist is a bit more of a conversational topic, and I've been going over a lot of the same issues repeatedly. I want to talk about the war on boys' sports, or the so-called myth of chronic traumatic encephalopathy, otherwise known as CTE. I took my sons to see the movie based on him with Will Smith in 2015, and right away I knew there was something wrong. Bennett Omalu is from Nigeria, and he was a pathologist in Pittsburgh. He allegedly discovered the rare brain disease, CTE, which apparently is a health crisis among football players, anyone in contact sports, that is, boys. It's supposed to occur when too many blows to the head, concussions leading to mental problems, and even a painful death. Omalu once made the claim to Sports Illustrated, that evidence exists that adolescents who participate in football, hockey, wrestling, anything else like that, believe it or not, are more likely to drop out of school, become addicted to drugs, etc. And that, of course, is a complete lie. The exact opposite is true. And he says this on a regular basis. CTE, which to this day has yet to be defined, isn't the issue. It's a myth, it's a marketing scam to destroy what's left of male strength, male camaraderie. One of its last domains, contact sports. I'm not a big NFL guy, but I made a prediction before, and I'm going to make it again, that tackling is going to become less and less common, and they're going to bring in female players. The regime can't handle, as liberal as the NFL is, that this is a male domain. So the story has it all. You have a black scientist who could use his race to shut down dissent, media buzzwords, skilled marketing, repression of any alternative theory, pop culture validation, fake scientists and, and appearances and unrelated TV shows like Family Guy. The movie Concussion came out in 2015. Will Smith portrayed Omalu as the African genius taking on the NFL. None of this, of course, is true. The claim is that several football players, uh, Junior Seau, for one, who killed himself many years ago, suffered from this 
disease. Now, this alleged discovery inspired a huge amount of research that only rarely supports his thesis. Remember, he is not a neurologist. He's a pathologist. And not too long after the movie came out, Omalu withdrew from the research world around CTE. What he does now is simply condemn boy sports, portray CTE with no evidence as an epidemic, and that he is the lone crusader fighting against the NFL and the medical community. He does not debate people. He won't even let people see his original data. And anyone who disagrees with him, he doesn't attack them from a scientific point of view. He says they're too corrupted by the NFL or whatever organization to understand the so-called clear-cut evidence that contact sports destroy lives. Of course, he doesn't provide any evidence. I mean, we have more than a decade of intensive research by scientists from around the planet, actual neurologists unlike Umalu, and there still is no definition of this illness. The basic consensus is that CTE is a rare disease with no real connection to repeated concussions. Repeated concussions are not a good thing on any planet, but the connection between concussions and CTE does not exist. As always, the entertainment media presents the epidemic as cell science, just like all the other myths that they promote, and the point being is to terrify mothers so that they will prevent their sons to take up football. Omalu wildly exaggerates his accomplishments, and he dramatically overstates the known risks of contact sports. The book League of Denial came out in 2013, accuses the NFL of sitting on this research, which, by the way, does not exist. And they have put in so many protocols, and this is going to be step one to get rid of this all-male sport. Believe it or not, the one source that did not buy his story is the Washington Post. That's a huge shock to me. They're usually on board with all this stuff, but they're the only real major media outlet who rejects Omalu's uh, conclusions. Researchers, including his allies, claim that Omalu is quite ignorant when it comes to brain disease. His definition is, is so broad. He describes things that can be found in healthy brains caused by other diseases. That comes from Dr. Ann McKee, Boston University has its own CTE center, which is pretty much the main locus of research on this topic. She goes so, so far as to say that his criteria don't make any sense to her, that no one knows what he's doing. The entire thing, including Omalu, is a media invention. She said that if people were actually following his criteria, everyone would have this disease, according to Daniel Pearl, a medical professor at uh, USU. It's very curious that the Washington Post has refused to go along. They actually published an email from him dismissing all the questions raised by doctors. And, and believe it or not, with a straight face, he said, this is the minority of doctors who are seeking very cheap and bogus popularity who work directly or indirectly with these sports organizations. Of course, the 
pot just called the kettle black and never provides actual information to back up his claims. He is a wealthy man, not a very good doctor, but he is a wealthy man. He travels the country, he's an expert witness in lawsuits, he charges $10,000 a case, his speeches are about thirty grand, rarely medical in nature, and only really deal with the abolition of boy sports. According to the Washington Post, he pulled down about $900,000 in 2018. Now I have to, I have to note that judges have stopped Omalu's testimony more than once. Right here in Pennsylvania, Judge Richard McCormick dismissed Omalu as the only expert witness. Uh, the case was of an auto mechanic suing the chemical companies, alleging that he had contracted Parkinson's disease from welding solvents. Now, what that has to do with CTE is a mystery, but he was dismissed because he had no expertise in this area. He'd never examined the patient. In fact, he constantly does it all the time, diagnoses people without having seen them. Judge Philip Gutierrez in 2018 said that his testimony was absolutely unreliable in the suit against Pop Warner football. The case was dismissed. Wherever they pay him, he's going to go. He even went so far as to claim anyone who's played football has CTE. Parents who promote, such as myself, boys in contact sports, are child abusers. When he was asked about the judge in Pennsylvania who dismissed him, he says, well, the judge is from Pittsburgh and He's probably an NFL fan. The man, of course, is a total fraud. He didn't name the disease. He did not discover the disease. But it began the Pittsburgh Steelers center, Mike Webster, in the 1970s, who died of a heart attack, but was beset by severe mental issues right up until his death. And that's the foundation for this and for the movie. Now, that, he was like, he was, he was patient zero in this respect. But even McKee, remember, she's an ally of his in Boston, that the paper that he published on Mike Webster does not depict CTE, nor does it describe it. He never had it. Now, they, they claim that Webster had CTE based entirely on symptoms, based on head trauma and his later mental illness which, by the way, are, you know, not indicative of CTE. It could be indicative of anything. The original paper that he published displays images that do not match what he thinks CTE is. And I think this is one of the things that got the Washington Post upset. Webster died in 2002, 50 years of age. Depression, paranoia, and chronic pain, so agonizing that he couldn't sleep. He said that he must have played through many concussions, football-related brain damage, whatever it might be. But whether or not he had the disease is completely an, an, an open question. They show no, a normal brain for a 50-year-old man. Now, CTE is based on 
the claim that on a, a, a brain chemical called tau, T-A-U, and they form formations called tangles. These stabilize the cell, brain cell. The claim is when these, these tau congregate around a cell within the brain, that's a sign of CTE. Of course, tau gathers normally as we age. And I can't imagine how this thing was published without regime pressure. How could it have passed peer review? Well, that shows you what peer review is. You can't tell if someone has this collection of tau in their, in their brain um, until death. There's no test for it. But for that paper, he publishes that, that he, you know, the original paper, the images don't show CTE, even by his own definition. Same thing, uh, Willie Stewart, the CTE researcher at the University of Glasgow, says what he published does not show CTE, and yet this is still considered the standard paper on this. This is something along the lines of the punch-drunk syndrome they used to say back in the 20s and 30s. So many of his collaborators, someone like Stephen Dukoski, says that back in 2005 they had not discovered a new disease, and many of his claims are simply false, and he's embarrassed by them. Omalo often uses the phrase, tested positive for CTE, as if there's some diagnostic process. It's not. There's no reliable technology. There's no way to test for CTE in the living. It's a very obscure kind of thing. So, ultimately, it's, it's marked by accumulations of abnormal or defective form of protein called tau in the brain. It's a normal protein. When they start clumping, forming tangles, that's when this disease begins to progress. But it is also part of the normal aging process. And he never says what a significant amount of this is. It's, it's, it's completely non-scientific. But you have, you know, these tangles can show many brain diseases, including Alzheimer's. It doesn't, it's not a marker for CTE at all, even by, even by basic scientific methods. It accumulates in healthy brains as people age. It has no effect on brain function. CTE can't be reduced to these things. Now, I have no expertise, God knows, in brain proteins. But since this is a purely political and sociological issue, this is, you know, this, this is what's put in the popular press about what this is. You know, you're not hearing from scientists here. You're always hearing from journalists talking about the science. Someone tries to talk about settled science to you. You say to them, well, what, what are you reading, journals? No, you're reading what journalists tell you they're saying. And what the hell do they know? The closest they've ever come to an actual definition is clusters of tau around blood vessels deep in the folds of the cortex, the outer region, making it, by the way, extremely rare and impossible to test for, at least at the moment. And these are people who actually specialize in neurology Omalu did not have training in that organ. He was not a neurologist. So,
So the definition, this was from the Boston Center, the, the central locus of CTE research defines it this way, and hence admitting that this is a rare disease, and what Umalo said is false, and therefore the epidemic is a myth. The way Omalu defines it, as I've mentioned, everyone, it's a very idiosyncratic definition. Nothing here has anything to do with science. Now, he interviewed with the Washington Post and clearly irritated somebody. And they interviewed several other actual neurologists, claiming, well, he could be right in very specific areas. But he had four types of CTE in the latter two don't even come close to any definition, including moderate to frequent tau tangles, and none. So he's denying that there's a connection between CTE and these tangles in the first place. That's the opposite of a real definition. It means that his work is meaningless, and the media firestorm, not to mention the NFL's acceptance of all of this, all these rule changes, were based on mythology even to the point where he called an incipient CTE. That's before any diagnostic marker exists. So if it's incipient, it doesn't exist. There are no real signs of it. So anyone can have it, according to him. He's a complete and total fraud. The only real diagnostic criteria from this man and the journalists who write about him is being a boy, and playing football, or wrestling, or whatever. He was deposed in 2018. He, by the way, has resigned his position. He was asked a question from the National Institutes of Health, guidelines on this on this illness, and he would not comment on it, because it certainly is not his. He does not give a definition in that particular deposition, and says, well, this, this is with the doctor who was examining. And not every CTE case will have these marks. So in other words, it's what he says it is. There was one guy back in 2008, the Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York, one of the few people who Amalu let take some of his tissue from Webster's brain. And there were five others, mostly boxers, that, that he also took from. Peter Davies said that these samples showed a rare disease, but not CTE. Actually, it was another NFL player and a professional wrestler. But this goes back a long way, mostly for, for Boxer. He had a massive amount of tau, but he maintains, as an Alzheimer's specialist, this is not a pattern for CTE anyway. And Davies was the one who came out and said, Omalu is not an expert here. He doesn't have a right to speak on these matters as a scientist. But this isn't really a, a scientific question. He wrote a non-comedic autobiography called Truth Doesn't Have a Side, where he worries about this because he thinks that detractors will refute his research. The samples that he used in these papers are at his lab, meaning you can't replicate the data, meaning that this is a totally non-scientific matter. And there's only one reason why you would refuse to let anyone, except for this Davies, see these. He hasn't published a paper describing any refinement to his definition of CTE since 2011. There is no way 
that his papers ever got published without some kind of pressure from somebody. He had a massive turnout in the 2020 CTE conference in Bethesda. He never showed. In other words, his usefulness has expired. He calls names. He doesn't defend his work. And to this day, there is no definition of this. But that obviously isn't the point. Peter Cummings, MD, and Merrill Hodge, actually Cummings from uh, Boston University, put out a book called Brainwashed, The Bad Science Behind CTE and the Plot to Destroy Football. They leave no doubt as to who may benefit from the plot is used in the title, meaning they may have a clue about what's happening here. I don't think how I don't think they understand how powerful feminism is. It's an official state-backed ideology, and they largely alone benefit. The authors don't say that, but clearly it's 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 an obvious truth. Boys' sports has always been a, a, a contemptible hatred as far as feminists go for reasons that you can figure out. Media, with the exception of the Washington Post, calls anyone like me, whether it be a journalist or a doctor or anyone else, a CTE denier. Now, the minute they start using terms like that, you know something's wrong. This is not a debate over science. Merrill Hoag's, um talks about the scientific method as if this is really even relevant saying that you have parents and, and coaches making decisions. The NFL has whole protocols based on this nonsense. They never fought this, by the way. They have incorporated it within their, their own rules, but with no definition. And Umalu saying that, you know, the, the, the movie, of course, romanticized him beyond belief. This has never been science. It can never be science. Deniers is, of course, meant to be an emotional attack, signaling the right people. Now, the New York Times completely accepts the thesis and promotes it. Using that terminology, though, suggests that the entire thing is, is false. And trying to refute its stupidity really grants power to it. They also claim that the Boston University CTE Center and Anne McKee are part of the problem. Because the existence of this illness underwrites the entire institution. The Concussion Legacy Foundation is one of the things that finances it. And the New York Times played a role in shaping the this story. It's anything but settled science, and they do say that this is about abolishing contact sports, i.e. boy sports. And that's why it exists. This is marred by selection bias. There's flaws all over the place. Head trauma leading to CTE, despite this same scientist denying that connection. In fact, most of them do. The length to which Boston University has gone to maintain their control over the narrative. Now, CTE equals football, CTE equals suicide, mental illness, whatever. They have determined this complete lack of um, diagnostic criteria or criteria such that you can't know while the patient's alive. You had athletes who had maybe a concussion and who think they're going to die. There is at least one suicide case here. 
football teams are already having trouble recruiting at the at the local level for this very reason, among other things. The whole thing is is based on the notion that um, male machismo then is the cause of this, and they they grabbed onto concussion. Feminist movement and their media can't handle strong men. What they're going to do, clearly the NFL isn't going away, but they are financing flag football. I said, this is going to be step one. You're going to start having, now you have female referees, you're going to start having female kickers, female punters, you're not much contact. And of course, that's going to further make tackling more and more difficult. And that's kind of the point. Everyone knows that the game, the one place where boys can be strong and show that physical machismo so necessary for any functional society is going to go by the wayside. It's not the same game as it was many years ago. There is no criteria for it. There is no real definition of it. The work is being done by um, journalists. In fact, this you know I think I think this was first discovered in 1928. That was a punch drunk syndrome, as I've already mentioned. The term we use, the CTE, came out by McDonald Critchley in, in 2000. So it was already in use. So even that claim, he's lying. But Umalu said in 2007 he's discovered a new brain disease. Clearly, he didn't even do that. You even have a uh, you have a book on this topic by a K.E. Pachinski called "No Game for Boys to Play." And it's on youth football, and it's uh, published by the University of North Carolina Press. So clearly, there are plenty of, of people who understand what's really what's really happening here. Now, of course, no one is going to say that repeated concussions are a good thing. Of course, it it causes harm, but there's no connection between that and this particularly scary disease. And it means that boys who who you know get a concussion or you know get hit in the head a few times now are terrified, maybe for the rest of their lives, that they're going to kill themselves or, or get very sick and end up like. Webster and the New York Times promotes this on a daily basis. So it's not just in a direct attack on boys' sports football, but really you're talking about maybe the last arena because you know they have females in, in in combat units. I don't recall women ever actually asking for that. So the only thing that's left are these contact sports. We all know what happened when they tried to create the WNBA. It was a joke. It's still a meme today. It's a huge money-losing proposal, but because of what it is, it continues to be financed. Profit is not the issue here. Getting rid of tackling, making it almost impossible, this is already um, along the path here. Either they'll abolish it altogether or figure out a way to get women in there. They're not going to rest. Maybe even, maybe even female coaches, which doesn't make any sense. If you recall, I think it was about 15, 20 years ago, they said there's not enough black coaches. 
So they forced a bunch of these guys into the coaching position. Uh, you know, uh, the, the implication of that, that they just don't like black coaches is, is laughable, as, as if they don't want to win. It's a joke. That feminist, I can't remember who it was, said that, uh, and she was, she was debunked by her own people, actually, saying that Super Bowl Sunday is the biggest day for domestic violence. You know, there's nothing new about the attack on boys' contact sports. Omalu was the, you know, I have a picture of him, which is attached to this here on Radio Albion. You see, he's your typical Nelson Mandela. They want to get a guy, of course, he couldn't be white, but he's black, African, and in fact has very soft features. You can't have a guy looking like Mr. T in there. He has soft features that they have. These guys are always being used for this. This is, you know, a, a careworn pattern. But only the Washington Post has talked about the cases he's been dismissed from and the fact that he's been barred from courtrooms partially because he is coming up with diagnoses. The criteria is always changing and he doesn't even examine these guys. He gets on the stand and talks about nothing but boy sports. And the claims that he makes are either laughably ridiculous or totally unprovable. Every single thing that this guy says is a lie. Now, I don't know if he just retired, but any position he ever had medically, he is now gone from. I don't think he's a young man anymore. And every time that a football player does something crazy, oh, and by the way, this is already being used to excuse um, NFL players and, and college players, their crimes. We know this is almost an exclusively uh, black area with all the violence that they, they commit. Well, it, it must be CTE, and hence you can't prosecute them. Anytime something bad happens, no matter how mild it might be, the media has some idiot doctor saying that this must be CTE, and we have to abolish boy sports. Clearly, Something is wrong. It's almost painfully obvious as to what's going on here. And, of course, I have a personal interest in it. Some of my best memories with my kids are, and you, you know at least one of them. Most, most of my listeners know, uh, know the younger one who's been with me on a whole bunch of things. Uh, the great memories in the, on, the, on the football field. And even then, they had trouble getting, getting kids largely because of the mothers who, even if there's a small chance of this occurring, and then you have athletes who get concussions who think it's it for them. And there was a few mothers of football players who have said this, that they're, you know, his friends uh, has any kind of a head injury, that's it, I'm going to die, and I'm going to probably kill someone before I do it, or get a mental illness or something like that. There was no evidence that Mike Webster ever had this disease, and that whatever was wrong with him came from blows to the head. So I know this is a bit of a different topic, but it ultimately comes down to the war on boys. I have two boys, very healthy, very strong, partially because they were allowed to do things like this. Boy and, and uh, boys camaraderie, male camaraderie, and the ability to show strength competitively is absolutely essential. You see it in the most primitive tribes 
in one form or another. This is a man's arrogance, and it should remain as such. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. You're listening to Radio Albion. Talk radio for the nationalist community.